what was going on in your mind when you wrote that? What triggered that? Uh, it was literally my realizing that I had adopted a particular patriarchal feminism. And okay. what that looks like is that we have a lot of, it was literally what I mentioned in the beginning. We have a lot to say about what, how we can empower women, but we, ha- we say very little to nothing about what men go through. Mm-hmm. It's an understanding that we say that we want men, uh, we, we say that men are trash. Okay, then how do they become untrash? Or how do we ensure that those boys don't grow up trash? And, mm-hmm. um, how do we avoid toxic masculinity? And the only way that you're going to do that is if you put them in the therapy chair and not necessarily, not always necessarily like the actual therapy chair, but an mm-hmm. understanding that you give them the space where they can express themselves. like the, the real slave master knows that you don't need to enslave the body you just need to enslave the mind and so yes. that's what we're fighting Oof. it's ideas that you can't speak you can't be vulnerable you can't be weak you know you can't be these things but i'm like no i'm going to be vulnerable i'm going to tell you exactly how it is and you're going to find freedom um and you'll be able to see your humanity more and others as well like magnitude man like literally speaking volumes um especially when you said First year was the first year where, no pun intended, <laughs> when you mm, were actually able to to realize that, flip, you don't actually think that you look good. Like, you don't actually mm. like what you see, you know, if you even take time to look at what you see in the mirror. That piece that you wrote is absolutely amazing. The four corners of the mirror turn into the four corners of the ring. Like, where's the ref in reflection? Oh, yeah. my soul. Um, hey, let's go, let's go, let's I'm go. I'm telling you, <laughs> but... Like, I relate so much because literally last year was the first year where I was actually able to be completely honest with myself because it gets to a point where you just like, I can't, like those 70,000 battles, like it's not fair anymore. Like it doesn't make sense anymore. Like how can I just constantly be feeling horrible and sad and I don't even know where this pit begins Mm. or where it ends and it it sucks. And so that was the year and it's completely all due to God that I I just, Mm. like within me, I was just like, no man, like, face the facts like you don't think you're pretty you don't think you're intelligent because the so-called things that made you believe that you were intelligent the accolades the achievements the acclamation all of those things they're gone now and you think Mm. that your worth was was embedded in those things and that's not true and that's what god is trying to show you and explain to you i think even in the crucifixion you know we're using a lot of christian examples here but i still do believe that even if you're atheist or you're hindu or you're buddhist you will still understand and relate to what we're we're saying here it's not a polarized podcast but christian principles will dominate the stuff that i say Mm. and and thankfully a lot of the the guests that i do have on the show you know share the same ideals um and beliefs so literally like if you look at the cross like even in jesus's life like there were so many times where the disciples would be like do this or when satan said that yo i'm you're the son of god paraphrasing the scripture turn this rock into bread you know after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and the 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 spirit of god led him into the wilderness to be tempted Mm. i mean if it was someone else, if it was any one of us during this time, very feeble-minded and just needing some sort of validation from the ones around us, I'm telling you, bro, we would have turned that stone into a bakery for all God knows. Yeah, because fam. you know, come on, and I'm telling you, mm, so baker's biscuits. <laughs> and mm. so 
it's just Every to show you God, like Jesus never felt the need to prove himself because he knew who he was, mm. knew his worth and he stood Second. his ground. Like he was like, okay, cool. You guys can crucify me. I'm still the son of God. Like, I think we just need to be more honest with ourselves. Like literally be honest with yourself, be honest with God and then be honest with other people because I feel like it just makes life so much easier. And that's the reason mm. why I, I really want us to speak about stuff like this because we are now being honest with ourselves. We're not just touching, we're not doing touch and go things. Um, we're not just touching this on the surface level. We're hitting the ground, like, you know, we're hitting this where it hurts because that's where it starts. It's the trauma. It's what you experienced long ago. You know, what we, we thought were the most feeble, mundane things, but things that really have affected us and turned us into beasts and shadows of ourselves things we can't recognize in the mirror mm. things we hate even though people see mm. all of this decorated flesh so yeah definitely definitely i love that you said that though the thing about that you said shadows and beasts because i was watching this anime a long time ago about dracula it was i was i don't know why i don't i've never really watched anime before but suddenly yeah. i was very interested and the, they were dealing with these really deep concepts and then i came up with this line it was that Monsters are simply people who couldn't bear the weight of their humanity. And what that means is actually connected to what you said before. You can't necessarily get over something. I think that there's this idea that you... Jump just, over this it's mountain. Gone. And now it's, it's just gone. gone. What? <laughs> you know, it's gone. Yeah, now it's just all of a sudden gone. I think really the, the heart of what we're trying to say is in healing is not necessarily... Perhaps there will be some instances for people where it's just, oh, it's just gone uh, yeah. in this one area or whatever. For a lot of us, it's going to be a thing of, I've come to peace with it. Exactly. And it will say you lost someone, for example. Like the idea that, you know, initially when you speak about it, you'll be crying, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But after some time, if you're active about your healing and you eventually, the, 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 you know, uh, achieve some peace, you'll be able to say that thing, not without emotion, but with yes. more control. Mm. with a peace and understanding and so it's not sort of deny it's sort of like this i think we we think that if we hate what happened to us enough then that's somehow gonna heal us but really like what healing is the truth is what healing is is not denial it's acceptance i have to accept this is what happened to me all right because if you can't accept what has happened to you then you can't accept you you yep. know if you don't think, oh, no, but you'll be like, no, it doesn't define me. Okay, but why do you remember it? It's in you and you have to deal with it in whatever way. Mm -hmm. It's like if a homie is out here, you know, saying that, no, 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 I want to be sexually pure. I don't want to just go sleeping around. I want to wait until marriage. That doesn't mean, oh, suddenly, oh, now you can't, you won't look at women and, you know, get the inclination. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that's going to happen. Yeah. But you develop a discipline of i'm not mm. going to go watch these type of videos and look at these particular pictures i'm not mm. going to go watch you know these various sites i'm not going to you develop a discipline and you and you come to peace with the idea that maybe look god's not just going to take this away from me all right absolutely but i can make sure that it doesn't conquer me that it doesn't rule me i don't know how many times you said it i'm going to say three times just paraphrase three times i'll ask you to remove this stone from my side yes right? yes yes and each time you said my grace is sufficient for you yes and my power um, yes. and i was like it really this concept of you're not always just going to have the you know the burden removed from you right you're just going to have to get used to the weight man yeah and you know some people don't get it like sometimes you're carrying this burden but you need to understand 
you know, you saying you're just carrying this burden and it's making you weak, but give yourself, you know, a year, fam. And like we say this, like in literal terms of exercise, you're carrying a burden. Maybe you're carrying a backpack every time you're running. All of a sudden, you now you've got these big thighs. Yeah. You see how you strengthen from what you're carrying. Not because you're getting rid of it, but because you're, you're getting you're stronger. Yeah. And you're, you're moving with it. Mm-hmm. And, you're, you're get, and you get stronger that way, you know. Is that, I remember, is there some story about this thing about um, how this lion has a, a thorn in its paw? And it's always angry and vicious and everything like that. And then someone came into its cave one day and noticed that it just had a thing in its paw. And then now all of a sudden that 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 lion was now amenable and it's nice and it, it it's it's amicable and it, it's going to be you know all great and dandy. Yeah, uh, that can happen in certain areas. I think that is possible. Mm-hmm. I think it's like and uh, in, in other areas, I think it's it's going to require discipline to have the thorn in your in your paw, but to still be decent. I think it's the understanding that Jesus didn't heal people in the same way. He always rehealed them in different ways. Mm. Um, the one person, he like spat in the ground and took the mud and rubbed it on his eyes or something. Mm-hmm. Another person, it's just a touch. Another thing, it's just a word. And it's the understanding that there, we have different journeys and different healings, not just very, from person to person, but when you're looking at just one person from area to area, you know, the way that you heal in this area is not necessarily going to be how you heal in another area. Yeah. I can get rid of my, my anger issues immediately like that. Okay, shop. I never have to deal with it again in my life. But um, in another area, let's talk about lust. Mm. No, I got to deal with that the rest of my life. I got to <laughs> be disciplined. And so, yeah, yeah, it's definitely like that. Yeah. I mean, after everything you guys have heard coming from this young gentleman, I think you have a taste of the kind of poetry that he puts out there and the kind of value that he's adding to the word. So I think we shouldn't go any further um, and let you guys listen to this amazing piece called Confessions of a Broken Man. It couldn't be more befitting for this episode. And I believe that you will truly be blessed after listening to this. What if my unspoken trauma speaks louder through my actions? Monsters are men who neglect the broken man inside And the man inside feels light to every time He tried to confide in you and hide from you your broken memories Constant denial of the help that we're in desperate need to receive You can run from the past but the past never loses its receipts Emotional knowledge we were never ever taught how to achieve So we become desperate for the closest thing we can conceive Gentle female touch but even a gentle touch can break a rock When the rock is made out of rubble One criticism from her is enough to make you stumble One betrayal from her is enough to make your whole world crumble Our minds are caught between two different times One time where we were required to provide Next we should be comfortable to cry and understand our emotions But the world demands our emotions Yet is not a fan of our emotions There are so few places where we feel our comfort So how do we fit in? Into this new world hierarchy When our masculinity seems to be toxic at every turn Hard to learn type of man you gotta be When fathers are never seen or never heard of So we follow the herd of lost boys into distraction From the fact the hearts are cracking And the harder I hit means the harder I got to love That's what abuse is I mean, that's not what abuse is, it can't be Because that's how mama loved me Uncles and aunties are allowed to touch me down there where no one else can see right And and the way that person used to feel me up so roughly out of sight was right right And and maybe 
maybe I couldn't walk properly because my body was hurting after that one night with that one person. Those have to be false assertions because real men don't get raped. Of this I can be certain, I, I think. This poem, Louis, like... Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna lie, I forgot it. But I, I was yeah. really shocked. Like, I was like, oh my word, this is, this is what obviously we're talking about. But I was like, dang, did I say that? Right? I, think- I know you guys are probably like shook wherever you are. And it's a good kind of shook. It's, a, it's an awakening, you know, it's an awareness that has come upon you to realize that mm. this is not an episode, of course, to just, yeah, let's feel sorry for guys and whatever. No, this is a realization, you know. Um, they say that, just like Trezor mentioned earlier on in the conversation, that Society kind of looks like this because two-thirds of households, for for South Africa at least, do not have father figures, do not have fathers, you know, present. When you, again, what he said, when a boy grows up in that kind of environment or when you take a father away from the equation, and it's not to say, just like he said, that women cannot do it all and women are not enough and we commend single mothers to the core. But when you take the male figure out of that equation, we cannot help but acknowledge the detriment that it has. Whatever the case may be, whenever society destroys a man in some way, it the, the effect is, is definitely a ripple effect. It doesn't just affect the man. Even if he's an orphan, he could go on and rape someone. He could go on and, you know, just become a delinquent in society. Take a father away. Now you have a, a single mother who has to take care of these children, probably has nowhere to, to go, nowhere to begin from. And then you have this boy child who has just experienced this trauma from the way American movies play on this is, you know, my uh, the, the father who went to, to the grocery store to the supermarkets to buy a carton of milk and never came back you know and you have that image and you have that literally that hole in your heart constantly and and that's where you feed from so we cannot shake the fact that when a boy life is or, or a male life is destroyed it really does have more detriment to society than to himself alone you know as compared to to when that happens to a woman so can't stress it enough i think these conversations need to be had a lot more and i think even though i'm not running therapy sessions for anyone well i'm not having these talks out loud or you know you know what i mean i'm not manifesting this in the streets i'm not protesting this or whatever but i think this is a start this is the beginning and i think if we just continue these kinds of initiatives if we keep having these conversations if we keep having these in-depth sessions where we open up and we hear things like this from from guys like Trezor, you know from guys in general then i think we are on the right track we, we're really moving forward please share with us though the thought process that you went through when you wrote this piece this is a pretty intense piece this is this is an incredibly graphic and vivid picture an incredibly accurate picture of what society looks like for the majority mm. of broken men that go on to to break society um in that sense what was going on in your mind when you wrote that? What triggered that? Uh, it was literally my realizing that I had adopted a particular patriarchal feminism. And okay. what that looks like is that we have a lot of, it was literally what I mentioned in the beginning, we have a lot to say about what how we can empower women, but we, ha- we say very little to nothing about what men go through. Mm-hmm. It's an understanding that we say that we want men uh, we, we say that men are trash. Okay, then how do they become untrash? Or how do we ensure that those boys don't grow up trash? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we avoid toxic masculinity? 
And the only way that you're going to do that is if you put them in the therapy chair and not necessarily, not always necessarily like the actual therapy chair, but an mm-hmm. understanding that you give them the space where they can express themselves. I realized that I had a lot of, before you can see, before this content, before this video, everything that I said about around this topic of just gender-based violence, it was based on women. It was directed towards women. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not enough for me to say men are trash. I need to go into it. I need to be like, Oh snap, the only reason I'm I'm okay with just saying this is because I'm also still buying into the idea that men are just oppressors. All mm-hmm. right. And I'm just mm-hmm. gonna tell them what they should be, but I'm not gonna acknowledge that they have emotion. And so that's the basis of why they're acting this way. Exactly. But because I didn't, I wasn't I I've drafted that patriarchal, that patriarchal idea, which is that, yeah, no, I'm for women, I'm for empowering women, but mm-hmm. you also need to be ready to empower women by focusing on men as well. Mm. And so, especially on that emotion. And so it actually made me sick. I need to actually mention that. It made me a bit sick. Really? Because I felt like I had just, felt, felt, when I realized that I hadn't dealt with men in a real way, and I felt like I was just being a, a boombox for a, a particular ideology of things. But mm. I wasn't dealing with the issue as I truly needed it, as a truly needed I wasn't healing nobody. I was just saying a lot of, you know, things that got me a lot of likes and a lot of views. Mm. Um, a lot of women would have been like, yeah. You know, but probably a lot of gents would have been like, ah, he's just one of another one of those gents that's not actually trying to listen to us. Mm. You know, he's just a, a voice box for women, not for mm. us, you know. And so I was like, no, 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 let me come through, let me come through. And I just went, you know, I went as off as much as I thought I understood about the topic. And I was like, yeah, man, there's just so much, there's so much pain that exists under this. And not only that, that there's also this, I I, I mentioned this thing about the the conflict between past and the present like the patriarchal idea being such a past idea but the present is saying that something else about how, how we should be i spoke about how yeah how know, now, uh, before yeah. we expected to provide mm-hmm. and now we expected to cry mm-hmm. and it's sort mm-hmm. of like there's a tension in that um i'm very aware of this thing of i feel like we have a lot of rhetoric about toxic masculinity and men are trash but what is also good about masculinity like how often do you hear that conversation how exactly. popular is that conversation yes and uh, it's basically, you know, boys are growing up in a place where everything that you must understand toxic masculinity and men are trash. It's some of these things, some of these characteristics are innate, are innate characteristics in us that have been perverted. For example, you know, if some gents can feel, you may say, a desire to compete, we'll say like that, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can say perhaps it became ridiculously unhealthy when it becomes that they literally hurt um, people who don't have as much capability of them. And, you know, they hurt the people around them. They become a, a negative force like that, for example. And then you can say all these things. It's just sort of perversions of what may have been innate in, in a man that, oh, no, if you feel like you want to compete, why not also compete with other people? Um, what's the word? <laughs> what do I say? <laughs> you compete with the team. You teach other people. Yeah, the co- idea yeah, of yeah. collaborate, yeah. Um, like collaboration, there we go. It's sort of like that and coming to to terms with with the fact that yeah, man, there's a lot wrong with our masculinity that as we're taught it, but it's not that masculinity is wrong. We're not saying femininity is wrong, yes. right? But we having toxic femininity is wrong. Toxic masculinity is wrong. But it's just because men don't hear what's good masculinity. Mm-hmm. And especially when everyone's st- speaking only about that, and then they also don't have that thing present in their life, good masculinity. Mm. Um, you know, I, as I said, it's a fortune for me to to have my father present. Like, I'm aware of what a good father can look like, you know? I'm not saying yeah. it's perfect, mm-hmm. but it's also, I'm also aware, this is also what, I mean, he's present though. He provides, like mm. he's there, he's there for his children, he's working, he's developing, 
you know, and he tries to create good environment for, for speech. He tries to try to push us, you know, listen, you know, every time I got a report <laughs> from high school, you, 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 you hear, you come, you come sit down, you say, Vian, Trezor, Vian, Vian, Vian. <laughs> and I'll come here, he said, come, come. And I come here, I sit down and be like, okay, do you think, how do you think you did? Yep. You know what he asked you, he's not just telling you what you, what you did. He's like, what do you, what do you think? And that's mm. important in these crazy, particular ideas. That's so important. And men, a lot of men don't get that. Oh, I was so powerful. I think in my first year, it was first year towards the end of the year, there was this thing at Hillsong, a Hillsong um, event called men's, men's conference. Mm -hmm. And we went to this big, like big venue, only gents and the women are serving. Women also have their own conference where it's only women and then the men serve. So it's pretty cool in the church like that. Mm -hmm. So this is men's conference where it's just focused on men. And you had, and we had an amazing speaker, Pastor Louis, Louis Giglio, um, who's like, I suppose you can call him like the leader of the passion movement. It's yes. like, you know, when you think like the passion translation of the Bible, mm -hmm. he's like part of that thing. And oh. I was like, okay, okay, okay. You know, he's, he's speaking and he just like, he said this thing. He was like, it was such an interesting way to start a sermon. I'd never seen it before. He was like, if anyone feels like they need to be prayed for, if anyone feels like they're hurt, so they just need to be, please come to the front and sit at the front, right? And uh, he went on and he, he started sp speaking about how on the, pl on the plane here, he learned about how two-thirds of households don't have fathers. And it was just like, I'm going to have my message be about fathers, you know? Yeah. And it was so interesting as he's going and he's preaching, great preacher, amazing storyteller. You just see one guy come to the front. Ooh, the atmosphere has already changed, all right? And you see another guy come. And as he, he guys continue preaching, 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 another guy, another guy, another guy, another guy. And then you got this large crowd literally just sitting in the front, right? And, he, you know, the Apostle Louis Gilly, he's like, okay, everyone up here, come to the front, right? I mean, not come to the front, come onto the stage and make a circle. And then he just starts speaking to all of us in that circle and he's like for all of you who've had issues with your father all of you who felt empty and hurt and everything like that and you know it was so shocking i was there looking at the circle and i was like flipping hell man literally you could see people who were like 19 20 mm -hmm. young mm -hmm. youngers but you saw 60 year olds there fam you saw old people there mm. and you saw people of every age and all of them are crying all of them and I'm like, oh my word, <laughs> these people, these men had never, never, it seemed never gotten an opportunity to have a safe space where they could just cry about the pain that they had because of paternal influence, absent fathers, hurtful fathers, you know, whatever it was. Mm. And that was crazy. I was like, we needed to get a homie from America to come through, to just open up the space for us. You know, but what that inspired me and I don't know why it didn't hit me straight away. Because obviously it took me a while to, you know, obviously, as I said, we released the poem about broken confessions. It had hit me in that moment, um, but it didn't carry with me yet. The idea that men don't have a space. And when you're give, when they're given a space, they will cry <laughs> and they will reveal things. There are people who were healed that day. There are people who, whose lives were changed that day. And it was especially me seeing the age of people, all of them crying. I was like, nah. This is how much pain is held in by men. And so uh, when I really realized that, and this is also what, you know, rem I, I remembered before I wrote Broken Confessions, I was like, this is everything, you know? If we really want to heal, especially this divide between genders, 
it's gotta we gotta talk about this we gotta get real about this thing and we gotta talk about really we can't be making jokes about men's men's feelings man we mm-hmm. gotta be dealing with that in a real way because people are hurting in such real ways man I was as I said with that with that beginning with the Twitter that thing about the tweets and she was you know laughing about his financial situation the gents who are like no what's become savages I felt their pain I was like yeah no I get you you just want to be cold because you know feeling too much is is already broken you and so that's really you know, what was going through my mind and, and what still goes through my mind now. I'm very aware of that. Um, I'm very aware of this thing of uh, male healing because I feel like that's what, what I want my feminism to look like. Um, now, at least, I want to deal with men's real emotional, mental, psychological, social issues. And, you know, we'll be changing men. So, yeah. That is beautiful. And I agree with you because for a long time, my feminism hasn't really had full shape or form. And I think if I'm allowed to do that too, you know, um, mm. I think my feminism actually then does fit the category of, of trying to help men, of trying to like fix broken men in that sense. Because for, for the longest time, I think I've been a very empathetic person. And I think I feel a little bit too much of what other people go through in situations that I would never be in. And so it only seems fit that I put myself in in the shoes of of broken men. Um, a lot of the times, you know, I think to a great extent, I felt like I understood what what violated women went through. You know, mm. there's certain things that if you don't feel it or if you don't go through it, I mean, there's very little that you can, there's very little um, that you can have a conversation about. And there's very little that you can actually do exactly. to help in that situation. And so I commend you for doing that. And I think that's going to bring me to my second last question, if not my last question for today's episode. In in what ways? Because I think you and I will agree. And, and I mean, I think even the listeners will agree that I don't think that the woman can do this um, for you guys. I don't think we can do mm. this for for the nation i think we've we've bled in more ways than one pun intended for the nation you know but there's only so much we can do when it comes to actually in inverted commas fixing this problem i think it's in the hands of men to the same way we realize that flip i don't actually think that i'm pretty i don't actually love myself Mm. i think it's time it's way overdue it's but you know all healing takes time and i mean god's time is perfect but I think it's it's in men's hands to heal themselves. It's long past the time where we blame it on society because we all know that we make up society. So we dictate what happens to us and we dictate our realities, even though we leave it to to principles and and structures and institutions that we all know subconsciously that we created ourselves, even if we didn't do it physically directly but we we continue to propagate and perpetuate these things in in society so what what are some practical ways that you would suggest i mean you doing this through your poetry and a lot of other people do this through paintings through different kinds of art through novels through music what what do you think are certain practical ways i'm speaking support groups etc that that can get the men to heal uh, yeah, I think definitely if we're going to do anything, we need to address the fatherlessness. And that just comes down to things like mentorship programs and just getting people and men in within spaces where they can have older men. Look, women can help. And that's a great thing. But men need also. They, it's like I can be the most woke person about women. But yeah. I feel like my daughter can still relate more powerfully with 
um, her mother to a yeah. degree and mm-hmm. just particular aspects, you know, it varies of course, but mm-hmm. I think it's like that. And so men need to see other men doing particular things and being able to model themselves after it. I know um, I was blessed, you know, as I came into the church more, I also got into another small group, which is man up. So you just a bunch of just gents, Christian gents. And we talk about our issues. We talk deep and it's amazing. It's beautiful stuff that, um, and it's, it was important for me to, to have a, a, especially a male mentor, a male leader to, to see, do things that I didn't think we could do. For example, as in, 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 emo, in emotion, in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of, you need like mentorship. You need people going into support groups and everything like that. Gents need to speak about this and they need to speak about it in their spaces, but in a real way, no degenerates it into, as you know, they call it lock up talk and everything like that. We need to talk deep mm-hmm. and we need to be like, bruv, you know, I struggle with these issues, man. I struggle with this. It's hard for me to, to be like this. This is what this girl did to me this one time. And we need to be able to give those spaces where people just, they're not, we're not ridiculing each other for feeling um, in a real way. And so that's really what I know. I know definitely there's so much value in, in, in things like um, also youth groups where you literally have youth leaders having groups of, you know, obviously young people, but you know, the, the male leaders will have their male group and, yeah. and everything like that. And, you know, female group will have their female leader. And it's like dealing with the men head on, head on. You're like, we just need those sort of paternal figures, yeah, surrogate paternal figures. And obviously uh, we need to also obviously create a culture where men do stay. If you, if you get a girl pregnant, you stay you yeah. be present and everything like that. Obviously that's the long, that's the larger picture at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But for right now, we've got to have surrogate fathers. I think definitely when we have things like this, uh, we have conversations and podcasts and everything like that. Because for, you know, for us, we're just talking everything like that. But I know definitely I've listened, probably listened to one podcast a long time ago or, you know, um, even a short time ago. And I know what I heard there has influenced the way I think, mm-hmm. open the way I, you know, um, want to do things and everything like that. And so when I, so I understand that when I, as, as a gent, come into these spaces and I speak honestly, about things like, oh no, I didn't have self-esteem. Oh, this is what I think where this is why I think gents are hurting and everything like that. It's important for gents like me to come through and be like, yeah, man, this is what I think and be real, you know? Mm. So it's just creating it on larger and larger platforms. And so men can get, can hear this idea, you know? It's very detrimental when a lot of the things that we're hearing in the culture about what men are is just toxic you know it's you know it's that future mentality you know yeah. she belongs to the streets and <laughs> so don't care about her and like, you know we got all these sort of rap and everything like that it's like this is what we get and this is what we see on screen we see things people like james bond we love james bond mm-hmm. that homie was so emotionally damaged it's ridiculous yeah it's ridiculous but we still love him we're like yeah no that's who i want to be and, you know, it's our killmongers. I don't know. We need to see more, more people who give us depth, give us depth and vulnerability, especially as black men. I know Lovecraft country, <laughs> quite um, beautiful to some degrees and how it revealed some things that like, especially black men, black men don't want to talk, man. Yeah. Um, black mm-hmm. men were going through in real issues there. They discussed it in real issue in, in real ways. And I think I want to see more movies. I want to see a movie where it's literally about a male rape, just them, just one yeah you know it, that's the focus not the second thing i know with michaela michaela Cole obviously created the that um, amazing series because i may destroy you right mm-hmm. uh the male got raped and the female got raped the female's rape was bigger i think michaela did that intentionally. she did do it intentionally you can see the way that she did the things the male rape was supposed to be smaller and it was highlighting a, a social issue in that obviously the growth from that is 
let's have stories about men who were raped, man. Mm-hmm. Like I know the kite runner. I'm also going into other parts of culture. The kite runner, which is a book about a, a gent who did um, also get sexually assaulted as a kid by another gent, but they didn't focus on that. It wasn't that wasn't the focus. I mean, it had a lot. It had it's, it was a great book. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, <laughs> um, but it didn't really focus that on that. So I want to hear. I want to hear these stories. I want to hear men that like the exact things of what does depression look like to you? What is the are your violent tendencies? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with controlling your sexuality? Like show me all these depths and show me the depth of what a man can go through because a lot of people just don't know that men have a depth um and that's what it comes down to so it's yeah creating the spaces podcast and everything like that the cultural spaces where we can express that dimension and having gents also being brave enough you know like it takes (laughs) it takes bravery man Mm -hmm. um it takes some bravery to be like, yeah, man, I feel like I, I, I don't f- I feel like this and I don't I like this and everything like this because you know that there's a social weight on you. And of course, I said the education. That's what these cultural spaces are for. It's for educating people to understand that there's dimensions. So it's just that people need to speak up. Women, as I said, yeah, women, of course, can help. But, you know, you can't you can't do the healing for us. Yeah. And there's a lot of but there's a lot of gents. I've seen it. I've been seeing it more and more. There is a particular part. There are a lot of people. There are people like Derek Jackson trying to speak more about what men go through. You know, Abin preached, you know, big, big YouTubers, those ones. Just a lot of other gents who are really being honest about what the male experience is and just creating spaces where men can just heal. That's some of the practical stuff. Yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah. Trezor, once again, thank you so, so much. I think I've learned more in this podcast episode than I, I have for, for the longest time. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that. I'm really grateful for having you on the podcast and for you sharing your time, your knowledge, your experience with us, because I think this episode on its own, I, at least I pray to God that this episode on its own will liberate a lot of men, will really open the eyes of a lot of women also to being at least even more open to understanding what men go through, being open to having the conversation and really just helping all of us to be open to healing in general. Of course, the trauma that we spoke about in this episode, even though we're looking at it from from a male's perspective and really what it does to the man, as much as it secondarily affects women or, you know, directly, indirectly, whatever the case may be, you can relate to this too. You can understand this too. And I think we should stop genderizing problems in society and problems in the world because we all go through these things. And even though we may react differently or it may affect us differently, at the end of the day, trauma is trauma. Whatever the case may be, be please do try and speak to someone you know i think we need to be brave and i know it can be very difficult and 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 whatever the degree of pain that you might be going through enough is enough and one day we'll come to that and don't let it destroy you or consume you because you can conquer this you are capable of this the fact that you're still living and breathing past that moment tells you and shows you that your resilience is far greater than you could ever imagine so Thank you once again for listening to this episode. I am super blessed, super, super blessed by each and every single episode that I do. And I believe that God just keeps upping the ante. Did you guys listen to this episode? I mean, I'm sitting here even as I'm recording and I'm just feeling like, wow, this is really happening. This is so real. And and I'm just so encouraged, so educated by this episode. And I believe that it's going to definitely bless you too. Again, consistency is one thing that we're all praying for. <laughs> and I believe that 2021 is the year that I'm really going to push for that. I think being committed to yourself as well is the next step after being honest with yourself. It's, it's another step in the journey to self-love. Definitely, you need to commit 
commit to yourself because you're worth it. You are great. You're good enough, you know, to, to have all that attention on you. So once again, stay safe, take care. It has been locked down. It's still locked down. Um, hopefully this will pass too. And we'll have more episodes where, you know, we never know, maybe like a YouTube channel, maybe, you know, some, some right there, but we'll see until then we're going to keep the consistency going and yeah, please do continue to interact with us. Trezor is going to be back for another two episodes because why restrict all of this wealth of knowledge? Why would I do that to you? And of course, we're going to be featuring another one of his pieces. In this episode, I did not play the entire thing because why give you the entire cake when you should be going to, to fish for the rest of the pieces on Instagram? That is deep.treasures. And you know where it's at um, to find Sakina Speaks. That is Sakina Speaks underscore. Once again, Sakina has spoken. 